Now, shall we just read one verse from this? Um, can you see page 51, item number one, his birth by the Virgin Mary? And then there's a Bible verse, Isaiah 7, 14. Are you ready? Let's read together. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Let us turn to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for keeping us safe and providing for all our needs through the week as we gather now to understand more about the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour, our God. We pray that your Holy Spirit will teach us and help us to understand the plan of salvation. And Lord, this plan that thou has devised for us, Lord, may we truly um, appreciate it and be sure of our own salvation. Lord, be, be with us now. Pray for those that are um, in the Chinese BBK. Likewise, Lord, may your um, Holy Spirit teach each one of us. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we have been spending some time talking about making sure that we understand the Lord Jesus Christ in a few aspects. One, we made sure... I actually want to draw this further on this side. We made sure we fully understood that He is God, the very God. He's 100% God when He came to earth. That's why we read this verse. Remember, we read His name shall be called what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel is the Hebrew word that means God with us. So it is God with men. That's why it's called Emmanuel. So Jesus Christ is God, the very God. We spend some time to prove that. The Bible repeatedly tells us. Now, then we also um, studied that he is 100% man. Okay? Born of a virgin. We read just now, born of a virgin. Born and became God took on the form of man. Incarnation, we call that. He became man and 100% man. He was like like you and I, okay? He would be hungry, he would need to eat, he, need to gr he needed to grow up, physically develop. So, 100% man also. The difference between his manhood and our manhood is what? He is sinless, all right? He is sinless, but we are sinful, okay? That was why he was born of the virgin, not the product of two human beings. So, God conceived, God used the womb of Mary, that God himself would come, as a sinless man. Now, all these are very important because all these would help us to understand the salvation plan. Why are we studying all this? So that you understand when God planned salvation plan to save you and I, it is a very um, wonderful plan that at the same time necessitate God to make great sacrifices in order that we may be saved. Understand that? So you must know how you are saved. Otherwise, people say, how are you saved? Not very sure. The th now, you imagine you're a parent, all right? You're a parent. You, you do many things for your child. You plan, you do it in the background. You're working very hard. You're um, uh, planning for their future. You do many things, make many great sacrifices. And then your child, I don't care. I don't know. When they grow up, I don't want to hear. 
right? So we should not be like that. We must understand God took much pain to design this plan. The moment man fell in the Garden of Eden, we became sinners. And as a result, God immediately started a plan to save us. Okay, so now, we have this. Now, the next thing I want to learn here. Um, now we are moving to, now, we remember this is about his, his life, like the title says, and his death, and his resurrection. Okay, his life, his death, his resurrection. Now, as, as 100% man, the Lord Jesus Christ lived on earth. Now, why must he be man? Because in order to, to save you and I, we cannot obey the law perfectly, right? So he must become man, take our place. Now remember who is the first Adam. The first Adam was Adam and Eve, Adam, in the Garden of Eden. Adam, if Adam obeyed the Lord, then we were all, the future generation of humankind, we will not be sinners, correct? Adam disobeyed God. So the first Adam failed. Why must Jesus Christ come as man? Because he came as the second Adam. All right? The sinless Adam. He came as a sinless Adam to obey God perfectly. The first Adam could not obey God. He did not obey God. So Christ came as human to obey God perfectly on our behalf. Now, in this obedience, we have always learned there is two. Passive obedience, active obedience, correct? Why, why did we learn this? Because we are supposed to obey God. All the commands, we fail, we cannot. So Christ actively obeyed every law for us, perfectly, perfectly. Passive obedience talks about his death. That he obeyed God the Father, to the point where he said, when I die on the cross, I will not resist. Okay, that's the meaning of passive obedience. He did not resist. He let men crucify him. Why? Because he was here to die for your sins. He did not um, refuse to die. So active and passive obedience. So that's, that is the man part. That is why he need to become man. Now, please turn to Romans 5. 19. Please turn your Bibles to Romans 5.19. How do we know this? Romans 5.19. Okay, Romans 5.19. <coughs> Can we <coughs> read together? One, two, reading. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So here is how God saved us. By one man's disobedience, the first Adam, he disobeyed, all of us became sinners. Hmm? And now God says to save you, then by one man's obedience, we can be made righteous. So this is why we understand that he came as man. To obey by one man's obedience, we can be saved. Okay, now, the next one. But to remember that he came to die. He came to die. 
This is one thing that, as Christians, you must be clear about. Christ's death, Christ's death. All right, Christ's death. Now, Christ's death is a substitutionary death. I say again, the Lord Jesus Christ coming as man to die, to obey, to die for you is called a substitutionary death. What's the meaning of substitutionary death? Okay, let's turn to, stay in Romans, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Okay, so we read Romans chapter 5, the same chapter now, verse 8. Let's read together. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ what? Died for who? For us. Christ died for you. Christ died in your place. That's why it's called substitutionary death. Now turn to the next book, um, 2 Corinthians. All right, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians after the book of Romans, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Okay, 1 to, one to reading. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. Look at this verse carefully. God made Jesus Christ, his son, to be sin for us. Means he took our place for the punishment of sin. But it emphasized that Christ knew no sin. In other words, this death is, Christ's death is, he is a sinless Replacement, sinless substitution. He did not have sin. But when he substituted us to take the punishment of sin, he himself is sinless. You must understand that. That is why he is called the... Now, this is a sacrifice. Remember, this is called a sacrifice. A sacrifice to God. And he is called the Lamb of God, correct? So in the Old Testament, all the sacrifices that were made is God picturing to mankind that one day the sinless lamb will come and die in the place of sinners. The Old Testament sacrifices could not save men. Animals and the blood of animals cannot save men. So all these sacrifices in the Old Testament is simply God telling men that Jesus Christ will come one day as the sinless sacrifice who will die for men. It's a picture to them. Okay? Today we are going to take the Holy Communion, right? Then we will talk about the broken body and the shed blood, the death of Christ. It's us now thinking back of what Jesus Christ did for us. So eating the bread, drinking the cup does not save you. It's a picture to that we may remember the work of Jesus Christ. Alright, so another concept. Now I'm going to draw all this and then you will see the picture together. So please pay attention. Now if he died and stayed dead, no use. Then his resurrection. Alright, resurrection. Jesus Christ died three three days later, he came back to life. There is no religion, no men who have ever um, gone through that. Died, body should have rotten, three days, 
but he came back to life with a perfect body. History, historians have tried to dispute and tried to prove this wrong. Until today, no one has been able to. I've shared this before. There is a very famous lawyer. He's in the book of Guinness World of Record. He was, when he retired, he said, you know, I've never lost a single criminal case. That's why he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. And he said, I can always prove things. And what he did was, he said, now I'm retired, I'll go and prove this silly religion that says a man died and three days later arose. And the more he dig, the more he studied history, the more he, he um, visited places and studied the evidence, he finally came to the conclusion, this is true. Till today, no one can dispute that historically, historically Jesus Christ lived, died, and resurrected. He turned to become a Christian because he knew that this is truly God that came, died, and resurrected. His resurrection is to prove to men. I think he wrote the book called um, The Evidence Demands a Verdict or something like that. Now, if Christ remained dead, then it's no use. But the fact that Christ resurrected, it means that his, the sinless sacrifice was accepted by God the Father, and therefore, the work is completed. Everything that he did to save you and I, to complete the work of salvation, was successful. That is why on the cross, what did Jesus Christ say? Jesus Christ said, it is, it is finished. It is finished. When Christ said, it is finished, not... Abesa, Leo, I die already. He's not saying it is finished, one ton. When he says it is finished, he means that the work that I came to do, the plan of salvation that God the Father designed the moment man fell in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3.15, when God says that there will be one that will come and it will bruise Satan's head. It will be the Saviour. He said, now that plan that was devised thousands of years ago, I've come, I've become a man, took the place of man, obeyed perfectly, died and resurrected, died and it is finished. Perfect, perfectly done, proven that it is finished by his resurrection. Why can the believer know for sure that you, if you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be sure of the future resurrection? Why can you be sure? Because it is perfectly finished. Now, if man can go to heaven, if man can, um, by our own abilities, get to heaven, then God would not need to go through all this. Leave it to man. But man cannot, because once we are sinners, we cannot obey God perfectly. Even if you obeyed, all right, Josiah, can you obey God perfectly? No. Do you want to obey God? Yes. yes. Even if you want to, you cannot. You know you cannot. Everything that we try to do is not perfect. And then there is the other problem, right? The other problem is the moment you've committed a crime, must it be paid? Yenwei, if you commit a crime in Perth, then you do a lot of charity work. But when the law catch you, can you tell the judge, judge, I've done many good things. Please forget about this one. Can you? No. You can. 
but the judge won't listen. <laughs> you can, but the judge won't listen. They just say, well, Yang Wei, I know, thank you for giving all this money to the schools and doing be such a good person. But Yang Wei, the country law is, for this, there is a penalty. Understand, the penalty is eternal judgment in hell, just for one sin. Because God is a holy God. But God is so holy that just now we read. But yet, because of his love towards man, his love, he did not need to send Jesus Christ to do all this. But because of his love for man, he said, all right, now man has fallen. No matter how they want to obey me, they cannot obey me perfectly. But I'm a perfect holy God. How can I let sinners into my presence? And at the same time, men have sinned. Who said I've not sinned? All right? All have sinned. And at the same time, because men have sinned, then they must pay for that sin. I'm a holy God. I must judge sin. They cannot come into heaven because they are with sin. So God, because of his love, God is not only a holy God, he will judge. Because of his love, he said, then immediately, this is the plan. My son, Jesus Christ, will come as a man. He do not need to, but he will come as a man. He will obey me perfectly. He will obey me perfectly on your behalf. And then, because of the sin, you cannot obey perfectly, he will obey perfectly on your behalf. And I will send my son. Because your sin that you've committed, you cannot wash it away, you cannot compensate, then my son will pay for that for you. My son will die for you. He will bear the penalty of sin for you. And when that is finished, you can be saved. But this, remember please, this is a gift. This is God's offer to you. God's offer to you. You can say, well, I still do not want. I want to make my own way to heaven. Then God says, well, when you meet me after you die, the sins that you've committed still need to be paid. But you rejected my son's payment. Then you have made the choice to pay it yourself. We can't run away. So God is a loving God. God is the living God. And he reveals all this in scriptures to us that you may know how you are saved. So never think that I can do something to save myself, even as a Christian. So this is substitutionary. It substitutes you. Now, all these words I'm using is very important. Huh? Now, when we have understood all this, then there are some things that we have to be clear about. So I said, we must know Jesus Christ is 100% man, 100% God. Why is this so crucial to understand salvation plan? Why we cannot take this lightly? Why we cannot just say, well, man, whether it's really God, it doesn't matter. It matters a whole lot. If not, then, then you believe in another gospel. You cannot be saved. Now, I put it this way. At the back of your BBK books, if you want. Now, remember this is called substitutionary death. Substitution, substitutionary life and death. Alright, he substitutes you. Okay, he substitutes you. In other words, you say, um, I cannot save myself. Jesus Christ, can you please, you've come to do all this. I thank you. Please be my God and my Savior. 
you accept him as your substitute or you want to take the penalty yourself. Why must he be 100% God, 100% man? Now, let us put this this way. Now, here is Jesus Christ. Here is Jesus Christ. Um, here is, let me see, uh, here is angel. And here is man. Okay? Now, understand God's plan of salvation. In order for him to be your substitute, in order for him to take your place, God says, in order for my son to be your substitute so that you can be saved, what must I do? Now, um, I try to do it systematically so that you follow along. In order to be substitute, can the substitute be with sin? Let me ask you. Can or not? In order to substitute you, you are sinful. You are unclean. A substitute that is unclean to substitute you, any use, no use, right? So first of all, sinless. The substitute must be sinless. Why don't God send an angel? Because... Now, Jesus Christ is sinless, we know. Can. Is an angel sinless? Jennifer. Is, are angels sinless? Not sinless. Then how come angels can be in God's presence? Are angels sinless? Angels are sinless, right? But I know what you mean. There are the fallen angels, which we've been talking about the last few weeks. Right, Satan and his minions. They are fallen angels. So, of course, those are useless. But God could send one of his angels. All right, Michael, the archangel, right? The young people keep asking different kind of angels. All right, Michael, you're the archangel. You're the most, um, the powerful ruling angel. My, Michael, you go die for the people. You be their substitute. Can or not? Actually can, yeah. He, he is sinless. In that aspect, he's sinless. Can man substitute man? All right, your daddy say, uh, Veronica, I love you very much. Okay, I don't want you to be punished by God. I take your place. Any use? No use because man is still sinful. Right? We can't substitute no matter how much we love the person. Now, the next one, why not send angels? Can angels... Now, God became 100% man. That's why he can substitute you. Understand? Why becoming man is a very important that we know he was truly 100% man. He needed to be 100% man. The, the theophany in the Old Testament is no use. He must be a real human being. 100% man, he can substitute you. Now you understand why this is so important. Can angel become your, a man substitute? No. Angels remain as angels. Okay, permanent state. That is a permanent state. Angels cannot. Can man substitute man? Well, if there is a sinless man, he can. But yet there's no sinless man, right? So in that sense, he cannot. Yeah, he, he is human being. Say cannot another man, but he is still sinner. Alright? So now the next one. Now in order to be substitute, it must be why must he substitute? 
you. Why must he substitute you? Because of this part. There must be perfect obedience. Perfect obedience. But perfect obedience to God's law while you're on earth. Now, can angels obey God perfectly? The non-fallen angels, can or not? Yes, can, right? Perfect angels. They can live perfectly. They can obey God's command perfectly. They are sealed in that state. Jesus Christ obeyed God perfectly for us. Hmm? Can someone who loves you very much, your husband, your wife, your parent, be a perfect obedient substitute for you? Cannot. Although they can represent you as man, unless you say your daddy is not human. <laughs> but your daddy is human, he can, but yet he cannot obey perfectly. So he can't fulfill this. But Jesus Christ came. Now you understand why we, talk, we keep talking about active and passive obedience. It is part of your salvation. Jesus Christ is God. He came to this world to obey on your behalf. So that is another thing. Now, then, now this sacrifice is to pay for the infinite penalty of sin. Sin's penalty is infinite. Infinite means when you go to hell, it's forever there, eternal. Eternal. The payment is eternal. Don't fall for the devil's deceptive plan. We die, we go to hell. Well, if, if I've been good enough in my previous life, I have a hope maybe after 5,000 years or 1,000 years or 100 years, I can reincarnate and come back maybe as a dog, as a pig. Or if I was good enough as a human being. There's no such thing. All right? That is Satan's deception to man, creating religions that think that I go to hell, I can come back. You know? But God do all this because God knows that there is no coming out. If there is coming out, God says, never mind, now. you go there and roast for a while, then you come back up. But God knows you cannot. God himself revealed. He is the one who is going to judge you. He's the one that is going to send you to hell. And he's the one who is telling you, cannot. That's why my son must go through all this. So, because the penalty of sin is infinite, therefore, the sacrifice must be what? Also an infinite sacrifice. Must be an infinite sacrifice. Understand that. Can, can man be an infinite sacrifice? Cannot be sinless sacrifice? Can man be infinite sacrifice? Can or not? Hannah? Because we are, we are finite. We are finite. Hey, maybe angels, wow, angels are very powerful. Can angels be, so man cannot. Can angels be an infinite sacrifice to substitute for you, Josiah? What do you think? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, as long as something is created, it is finite. We may think angels are very powerful, right? But angels are finite because they are created beings, right? Angels are created beings. So angels are create, being created beings, they are finite also. They were created at one point. So they are also, they cannot be an infinite sacrifice. Is God infinite? God is infinite. That's why he is God, 100% God. That's why God himself must be the sacrifice. He is infinite. Understand that. All right? So God, all these thoughts are going through God's mind when he plans salvation plan. And so all these are very important. It's very foolish 
for Bible colleges, liberal theologians who say we are very intelligent. We are with all their philosophies and say all these are not important. If they are not important, your salvation is doomed. Now, next one. We ask. The penalty of sin is death. We studied before. How many kinds of death are there? Who remember? Adrian. How many kinds of death? Two kinds of, what are they? Physical. Spiritual. Anyone else? And? Three kinds. And second death. Three kinds of death. The day that Adam disobeyed God, immediately plummeted mankind after him into three kinds of death. When Adam was created, Adam was perfect. Adam would not die physically. Adam could live forever. Understand that? That is what it's supposed to be. Adam would not die spiritually. Spiritual death is forever separated from God, suffering eternal punishment in hell. Understand? Okay, spiritual death, permanent separation from God into the world of darkness with Satan, cast to be with Satan and his minions. What is second death? Now, so Adam was not supposed to experience this. Second death, the Bible describes in Revelation, the second death is if you do not believe in Jesus Christ, you die in your sins. Your sins are not forgiven. Please don't think after I die and meet Jesus, Jesus, now you forgive me, okay? You cannot. They're sealed already. If you die in your sins, the Bible tells us that you will then have to pay for your own, for your own punishment, hell. So, but God says those who are dead, one day at the day of judgment, the world will end one day. It's so wicked now, all right? The judge, God will come and judge the world one day. God is patient, still waiting for men to repent. But on the day of judgment, when God comes, what will happen to those that die in their sins? God says He will resurrect them. He will bring them back and they will stand in front of Him. So their soul is in hell. Their, God will bring up their body. Their body and soul will come together and they will stand in front of God. That's called the second resurrection. Uh, that is called the resurrection of the dead. And then at that point, God will judge. And God says, why I offered my son to do all this for you? Why did you reject him? That was all your chance, free, but you would not. Then God will say, now I will cast you permanently into the lake of fire, forever and ever. That is called the second death. Okay? Now, so there is death involved. Now, so there is the penalty of sin, death. Okay, remember all these are substitution. Substitution. Can man die? Shinri, can man die? Yeah, yeah definitely. All right, man can die. Man can die. Can angels die? Now, the non-fallen angels, they are sealed permanently in their state. So, they are eternal. They cannot die. Okay, so men, men can die. So, men cannot... Subst oh, no, sorry. I'm confused myself. Okay, so men can die. Can men substitute you to die? Okay, I want to die for you. I can, I can die for you, alright? Because I can die. Now, can angels die? Angels cannot die, so they can't substitute you. No use. Can 
God die? Okay, now ask. Um, Shalomia, can God die? God cannot die. God is God. If angels cannot die, God cannot die. So God cannot die. So God cannot die, right? That's why, again, God must come as man to substitute you. You can, if Jesus Christ came as Theophany, as God, you can nail him, you can burn him, you can do whatever to him, he, he won't die. That's why he must be taking on the 100% for man so that he may die the substitutionary death. Okay? So these are just some reasons that I want you to understand. When you look at this, in order for salvation plan to succeed, can man represent man? No, fail. Can an angel represent you? Even angels say, you know, God, I love men very much. I think I go and die for them. No use because they still cannot represent you. They cannot take your place. Fail. Jesus Christ is 100% God, 100% man. Fulfills everything that is required to substitute you. That is why God, when he devised salvation plan, he says, son, you will become a full human being to come and be the substitute for man. Jesus Christ took on that and went through his life on earth. For what? To finish. It is finished. To finish salvation plan. If you try to do anything yourself, you cannot finish it. So is Jesus Christ 100% man, 100% God, a small thing? It is very crucial. It was part of God's thinking in his salvation plan. Now, what does this all mean to you? Number one, please know how you are saved. God put this plan together. The angels, the Bible said the angels looked and tried to understand. They looked into things and they wanted to know. When Jesus Christ came on earth, to them it's like, what is this about? God, the God that they worship, that they serve, that is infinite, holy. Why did God want to be born into this sinful world, sinful and wicked world? Why did he want to become man? Right? The angels look and they, they marvel. Satan thought that when he crucified Christ, he won. Good. God is so silly. Come as man. Now I can kill God. <laughs> I can kill God. You know, there are Christian books that are written. God is dead. There are Christians that say, uh, there are people that say, let's kill God. Hmm? So Satan thought, I managed to kill God. But he is not the infinite all-knowing. God intended Jesus Christ to die. He intended him to die. When he resurrected, Genesis 3.15 was fulfilled. Hmm? Crushed the serpent's head. Satan lost. From the beginning, Satan was a losing, has already lost the war. Okay? So all this, so number one, know how you are saved. Trust in this, not anything else. If you can trust in anything else, God don't need to become man. Number one. Number two, do not look at Jesus Christ lightly. God himself 
was willing to go through all this. How can you not love him? How can you not love him? Now, children, you tell your children, you know how much daddy and mommy sacrificed for you? Hmm? And then your children are ungrateful. I don't care. How would you feel? Now, God, Jesus Christ, sacrificed infinitely for us. We must love him. So all these are not for hate knowledge. The more you know, there are still so much to talk about, so much to study. You study. You understand this now. You study about him. You know him. And your love will increase for him. If you don't care about all these things, salvation is, you know, salvation, okay, God, you saved me. Nah. I want to go and live for myself. So the third thing, if Christ came to do all this for us, how could we not love him and live for him? He is a God that is most loving, most kind. He sacrificed himself for you. To live for him is something that will come naturally. Right, children, as you grow older, right, Cassie and Chloe, right? Is it Cassie and Chloe? Karine and Chloe. Karine and Chloe. When you grow up, you keep finding out more about what daddy and mommy do for you. The more you know, the more you love them. Hmm? If you don't care, you don't know them. The believer, the same. The more you know your Savior, the more you understand salvation plan, the more you will love Him. That's why theology, you say, oh, these are doctrines. Theology changes our hearts towards God. Doctrines make us know God and love Him more. All right? Now, the last thing. The Bible says, if we reject, if reject so great a salvation, if we reject so great a salvation, the Bible says, how can we escape? You agree? If God planned all this, and yet you reject, how can you escape God's judgment? So I hope that this, um, this section on Jesus Christ, his life, his death, is meaningful to you. His life and his death. Okay, now let us close, let us turn to God in prayer.